it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Help you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Could let you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. The things we do for straws, straws. You decided to move crazy, suck your mum, and hear these straws, straws. You decided that you need some straws. Uh, uh, uh. That was a tune. Kelly LaRock gave us absolute tunes. I, yeah, I still bang that song. Dun-na-na-na, dun-na-na-na. All the little things we do for love, uh, love. Banger. Absolute banger. Anyway, it is me, Kalechi. Instagram Don resurrected like I never left Lazarus upon the Instagram st- streets. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's me, Kalechi, just a baby girl in a baby world. Yeah. So yeah, another week. Another week on this podcast, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What That's Right, Suck Your Mum. Woo. Boy, has it been a week. Wow. A week of many, many things, many, many happenings, many, many happenings. But as I'm always saying, I'm just very, very happy to be here, especially since I can record in my space and live my best life. Um, Brent is still helping me figure out some things um, as to make this just a little bit smoother. But um, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I'm always referring to Brent like it must be like if you live not in London or you've never met Brent, he must just sound like this random person, but you would have heard him mentioned on other people's podcasts as well that we've all recorded in the same place in the past. But here I am just recording in my living room. It's great. I just put, um, Lev to bed. So this is wonderful being able to record right, right at the last minute. So I know that I've got all the information that I want to put forward, um, and should I change my mind and I want to say anything else during the week? I can if I want to, but I doubt that I will. So, yeah, we're just here. Say your mind. Officially known as say your mind. Unofficially known as what, what, that's right, suck. Yamada. Yeah, it's all it's all fun and games out here. Like, I'll, I'll ease into things uh, nice and slowly. I just want to take it nice and slow. Tell me, bitch, did you report me well? My Instagram is back. <laughs> My Instagram is back. You tried it and your breath is very whack. 
freestyle yes well my instagram page is back thank you to all of those people all of you wonderful wonderful people who went to go and stand um on instagram's neck you kept their your foot firmly on their neck until i got my page back and it was i mean to be fair it was like just about 12 hours as some pussy clarts are deciding to point out because they think it gives them some validity to their motivations for trying to get my page uh, banned in the first place but it's back and it's back with what it's back with a ross clark verified tick you're done no you done no yeah because what you meant for bad god will always use for good when it comes to my life you little bitches do you understand that you wanted me to get reported you wanted my page to be deleted you did that with vim only for god to say not today you crusty hose and now my page is back i've got seven thousand more followers and i've been verified so try it again try it again you absolute pussy clots. so i just want to give a big shout out to my g od known as god big up all the deities that watch over me big up all my spirit guides big up all my honorable ancestors that keep letting you hose know to not play with me i mean you'll continue to do it i know that that's my karmic sort of energy in this life like bitches will continue to try me but god will always have the last laugh and you know to some it might seem trivial i mean it's just instagram but now you really try to play with a homie's um livelihood you really try to play with something that i had worked to build organically over years no one bought followers out here you don't know like i i got all my followers from the hard work that i've put in and the truth that i insist on speaking and you you dementors thought that you could come and suck the soul out of it yeah i'm still out here did i use that correctly because i've never watched harry potter you know i don't even think i've read fully in harry potter book so just let me know if i've used that um reference correctly but i feel like i have because i kind of get the gist from when you guys are tweeting about muggles and and higgy hagger and all of them things and quidditch and them man there so I think I've sort of got it. So um, from the 22nd of November, uh, 21 Bridges will be out starring Chadwick Boseman. I watched it the other week. That's why I said I wanted to talk about, but I didn't really get a chance. So um, yeah, go watch it. Like it's cool. I really enjoyed it. Like it was just, you know, like those cop dramas that pretty much have that kind of obvious plot twist if you if you know like cop thrillers action thrillers you kind of already know what's going to go down but um it was great to see like a black man playing lead and i mean didn't really see any black women but it is what it is um but overall it was it was good and stefan james is stefan james like he did really well he was wonderful wonderful in that it was really i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the film um yeah so it's out 22nd of november support the ting support chadwick being a baby boy you know we want him to come back for black panther 2 and hopefully i'll be there beating him up as a villain um you just have to deep the six degrees of separation like my good sis hodan is always mentioning she's like look how close you were you were in a private screen an exclusive screening she doesn't sound like that um you were <laughs> so we we're at this private screen and i'm like rah like we're just there in it just me not not i could like throw my shoe and it would hit him like from where i was um it, it's mad and so i just feel like i'll be able to say one day on the film set oh yeah i was at the last screening i was at the screening of your last film before this one yeah i was just there like a baby girl and here i am playing the villain in black panther 2 
Well, you know, we plan, God laughs, let's see what happens. Maybe I'll just get my own uh, Marvel movie. Who knows? Maybe that will happen. We'll see. Anyway, so um, apart from that, um, I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty Oh, no, I lied. Obviously, I went to Twitter, Twitter HQ. Yeah, like me. I was speaking on a panel discussing what is black Twitter. Um, Dion Grant did a brilliant job of um, chairing the whole thing and moderating the whole thing. Nicole was wonderful. Uh, Marvin from Dope Black Dads, he was also there. And yeah, it was it was it was a really, really, really fun evening. Whoever did the catering, because I never got the name of the person who did the catering. Yo, 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 yo. Your food your food bangs. I've been to other things and I've been to other events where people are bringing food and the food is cold, the meat is dry, um, the, many, many things happening. But you came through with warm, beautiful, beautiful food. Talk to me about that puff puff because that puff puff was impeccable. Yeah, it was impuffable. It was... It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Now, honestly, whoever did the catering for that Twitter, the Black Twitter event for Twitter Blackbirds, banger absolute banger like I would hire you for all of the things so um yeah that was it was great to have that discussion um it was great to just be there um using their platform to just like talk my shit talk my truth um it was yeah it was just really really good it was it was really fun times so I won't waste time because actually for the show your magnificence um the show your magnificence was pre-recorded because I had my interview with the wonderful Cameron Garrett so before I get to that let's just do the tarot for this week the tarot is really interesting because I, when I was pulling the cards, I just said, you know, what are the lessons that we should be focusing on for as we near the end of this year? Um, and all the cards came out upside down. They're all minor arcana cards. So it's like a more day-to-day thing that we need to be paying attention to, like a day-to-day sort of vibe, a day-to-day energy as we near the end of the year. That rhymed. And we're heading into 2020. So the first card that flew out is the one I'm going to start with actually last. So the first card, which is, yeah, not the first card, is the King of Pentacles in reverse. So the vibe I get from this is that some of you out there don't feel like you're on your A game. Maybe something's knocked you off course. Maybe um, you've just finished uh, a job that you were doing or um, a project or a contract that you had um but some somehow you don't feel like you are the king of pentacles. You don't feel like you're on your 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 A game. You don't feel like things are going your way. You don't feel like you're you're you've secured the bag because the next card um ne- the the card next to it is the nine of cups in reverse. So the what's happening in your financial life is making you doubt who you are I guess as a person or what you're capable of so you don't feel now you just don't feel fulfilled and it's interesting because you are still the king of um, pentacles you are still that don you are still somebody that knows how to manifest and um, money you know how to make things happen for yourself in the physical realm like you haven't lost your your touch just because you seem to be off course slightly this is all part of um, like God's will over your life. This is all part of your trajectory. Like, do not be disheartened. Whether it's a you've lost a job, whether it's a contract that's ended and you haven't secured another one, 
whatever it is that's happening financially that you just don't feel like oh things are going the way that I expected it to or maybe it's just that invoices haven't been paid because I know that's my fucking life at the moment the fact that people don't especially since like having a child suddenly you deep how important it is for your invoices to arrive on time and people who like to laugh at homeless people and things like that um or like houseless people houseless people I don't know um some, some of us are only one paycheck away one invoice not being paid away one late invoice payment away from be, finding ourselves in that situation um, I'm thankful to God that that's not my situation but I know for so many other people it's real when they're freelancing so it really fucking pisses me off when you're like saying to people rah this is a genuine concern of mine financially because I've got to even when I'm traveling to places now I've got to really deep it like I've got to take um, Lev with me and I've got to think of like wow I'm going to spend that much on this and I'm going to spend that much on that people who are in salary jobs um, don't tend to understand this thing they seem to be like oh that's fine you'll just get it back here or oh that's fine you know it's coming at some point no 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 that's not how this works you know I've been self-employed for what I think seven years now and I tell you it's a fucking extreme sport and I've only managed to pay off certain things that you know um just accrued that and amounted over time for me chasing um or not even chasing this dream because I don't believe in chasing dreams like dreams are there you don't have to chase them that they're yours but really manifesting this dream into the physical realm like I've had to do so much so it just kind of frustrates even me at times when people are late with invoices and things because I'm just like you're able to do that because you get paid at the set on the same day or whatever every fucking month the rest of us are out here grinding like behave your fucking self so for some of you it might even be a case of like you're you're waiting on invoices so you just don't feel like you're a king right now you don't feel that that sort of like um bad 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 boy energy that's what I'd call it like that you don't feel like you're really really in your power in that way but you still are you still are because the things are still coming you are still going to get another contract you are still going to get another job you are still going to you know get your invoices paid and more invoices will even be you'll be even sending out more invoices um you know going into 2020 like you are really going to make some serious 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 monies, serious monies to support yourself. And that's not to say that all your focus is money, but the the fact is the energy that you put out. I don't know who said, I think it might be Tatiana Tarot who talks about the fact that money, we're not, when we talk about money, money, we're not talking about physical paper. We're talking about energy, right? And so when we apply that notion to this, your energy um, of money just feels stunted at the moment because, you know, there are just certain blocks in the way. But the fact is you you are money's naturally drawn to you the energy of money is naturally drawn to you drawn to you why because you're a fucking hard worker you're a hard worker and you grind for what's yours like you don't sit around waiting like you know how to hustle and by that virtue alone you'll get all the things that you deserve so 2020 is going to be that year where you actually see the real fruits of your labor so don't like stress too much now about what's happening or not feeling like um you're that boss And also it's a lesson to also consider that you don't want to link your worth to money. You don't want to link your sense of self or how good you feel about yourself to how much money you have. Like, because money comes and goes, remember like energy, energy goes out, energy comes in, like 
you don't want to start linking yourself of a sense of worth to that. You don't want to link your happiness to that, which is why I think also the nine of cups is there because the figure in the nine of cups in reverse, like it's a it's a person sitting in front of these nine cups feeling very proud of themselves with their arms crossed. And I always say that whenever I see this card, the arms crossed to some say contentment. But I also think that it's also like, well, I've got all my things. I don't need any more. So I'm blocking off my heart. So don't block off your heart chakra during this time. Like definitely don't be doing them things. Like keep yourself open, keep yourself open and open channel at all times. That is the way that you'll keep um, attracting wealth. So you are still a don. Don't worry that the things aren't the way that you expect them to be. You are still a don and your happiness shouldn't be um, interfered with at this time just because you're like worrying about finances. Still stay your beautiful, energetic, um, just loving self. Still keep yourself open because all the things that you want, you will still acquire and you just have to, you know, keep yourself in that mindset that of abundance. Do not go into the mindset of scarce, um, scarcity because that's what happens to a lot of people and they start moving mad when they're moving from that place of feeling like they don't have enough. You do. And um, the last card that came out with that is the Five of Cups. Let me see before I lie to you. No. It's the Eight of Cups. It's the Eight of Cups in reverse. It's the eight of cups in reverse. Um, and usually when I see this card, it's like, you know, you've built something worthwhile and you're leaving it to go on to something better. And it's something that you that brought you emotional fulfillment. Like you, you really put your heart and soul into it. And now you're moving on to something better. Um, the fact that it's in reverse after talking about the other cards, what I feel, the energy that I feel from that is that actually things are coming to you now, things that are established, things that will make your heart glad they're coming to you now because you've been putting in that work and those things are making their way towards you. So um, in the fact that it's the cups, for some people it might even be like, you've been waiting on someone because you've behaved yourself and you haven't moved mad. You've waited for somebody to be done with something or be done with a relationship. And now that they're finally done and they're in a healthy place, whatever, whatever relationship that might have been, um, it might be with vices, it might not even be with a person or it might be with their jobs. They just didn't have the time that they should have had for you. Now they've established something and they can come to you with something better. They have something better to offer or it might have been um, a job offer that you were just like, nah, that's not really for me. And you try to negotiate and they were like, we don't have it like that. I feel like those kind of people, those kind of things are now coming back to be like you know what now we do have it like that now you can have the things that you want and also the people that you probably things that you've had to walk away from before is the energy that I get things that you had to walk away from before are now coming back to you to be like look we've patterned up we've learned our lesson and now we can offer you what you've been asking us to offer so you know just keep you know bear that in mind there are jobs probably that you've done before because you've done these um, this, these jobs before um, and you've done them so well, those people will now come looking for you to be like, Ra, my G, could you help me with this one? And um, whatever it is, it's going to bring you happiness and it's going to bring you a sense of worth and understanding that um, 
some things, even when you do them at the time, you're not getting the gratitude that you deserve for them. Those same people will turn around one day and come back and thank you for what you have done. Um, so yeah, that's the energy of things coming back to you. So whether that comes back by the end of the year, or that's an energy that's coming to meet you in the new year, just bear that in mind because good things are gone. Um, the card that I pull from the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck is my genitalia is moisturized and I behave as such. Do you hear that? My genitalia is moisturized and I behave as such. Ashy people do ashy things. When your body is soft and supple, you move through the world with ease and see the world gleaming with greatness like your body. And I mean, that is a motherfucking word if we're really gonna, you know, go there. We know that people have been moving ashy recently by reporting my page and doing nonsense. And then, and then ugh, we'll go into that for when we get to suck your mum straw of the week. But, um, Ashy people really do ashy things. So sometimes bear that in mind as well. And when we look at that in the context of the cards from the Rider Weight deck that I pulled today, people have moved mad to you because they're ashy, because they're unmoisturized, because they're crusty and they're dusty and their hairline isn't even even. So that's not an inference on what you are worth. You can't let that make you feel shit about who you are. People not paying your invoices on time. People not, you know, overlooking you for promotions and, and, jobs and things like that does not mean that you aren't deserving of these things you are more than deserving of these things and god knows that you're deserving of these things these people just are moving mad because they're crusty and dusty but the fact of the matter is that the god i know that i serve will always rectify these things at the end of the day everything will always find a balance at the end of the day so all you need to make sure that you're doing is that you're staying moisturized and you don't start moving ashy like these people you keep yourself gleaming because when you gleam it makes it much easier for God to know where to send those blessings because you're just there doing shine, 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 shine. And then God will see you just shine, shining. And then he can just send your blessings directly to you because you're there like a beacon of joy, a beacon of kindness. And it's just much easier to locate you when you're not there uh, mixing up with the people who are into all of the, literally into all of the mix up. You're not with them, people. You're standing bright, you're standing firm, and your blessings will come to you. Just you, you know when you are alone who you are, and you know that that person, when you're alone by yourself, you know whether that person is truly deserving of certain things. And if you know that you're deserving of those things, my G, don't waver. Don't waver just because people, um, or you might have felt some kind of sense of rejection or you feel like things aren't moving as um, with the flow that you would like. Everything that you deserve because of the amazing, wonderful person that you are is coming to you. In fact, it's probably arrived. It's just the case of everything being, you know, placed in the right um yeah just in the in the right paths for you so don't worry don't worry man like just give yourself a hug I, I feel like that's just generally the energy this season I keep saying to you man like here's a hug here's this here's that don't be down on yourself because some of your energies keep making its way into these readings which is why I think that we're constantly talking or frequently talking about these sorts of dynamics. I know that some of you feel down, whether that's maybe um, a seasonal thing or just just where you found yourself um, in your cycle, in your life cycle at the moment. But you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be more than fine. Like, you'll be great. You are great. Don't stress yourself about anything. Just make sure that you keep a level head during this time and you're 
using your resources accordingly, paying attention to what you have and what you don't have but um, currently, but know that more is coming your way. Just don't behave ashy because when you start moving mad, that's when you really start to block your own blessings. Behave yourself. And then from the Marcella Kroll deck, the card that I pulled is truth number 25. It says here, a great truth will come to light. A secret will be revealed. Your feelings regarding the situation you are asking about are true. Stand by your personal truth no matter what and you will be rewarded. This is at a time to let your authentic self shine. You have much to express. Your voice is needed. Meditate on this when you want more authenticity in your life or want clarity regarding a person or situation. The ostrich feather is an Egyptian symbol for truth. At the time of death, the goddess Mat would weigh the heart of the deceased against the weight of the feather to see if they live the just life. But what did I just say? Yeah. Who are you when nobody's around? You you know whether you're deserving of the, the things that you are asking the universe to provide you. And if you know that right now you're not living the way that you should in order to get those things, like you're moving ashy, it's time to moisturize that spirit, baby boys, baby girls, and baby non-binaries, baby people, you know, it's time to start moisturizing that spirit. It's time to start, start to gleam, start gleam gleaming start shining like the person that is deserving of the things that you are asking for I've, I've you know we've had this message in a different um, version before you have to consider that the life you are living now if this life ended waking just like that have you lived it the way that will speak to your highest good because I feel like what I'm seeing on social media and seeing in the online world is that I refuse to believe that some of you just came out of your mother's pussy evil. I refuse to believe that. I believe that something's happened along the way or you're just projecting the worthlessness you feel inside. There, there has to be something because a lot of these things, you know, just aren't making sense to me. Start finding your truth, the actual truth, not the truth that's embedded in scarcity or, the, you know, or, or a fraction of the truth that's embedded in scarcity and fear find your actual truth your divine truth um because i'm sure all of us have it and when you operate from there there is no way that you can see injustice and try to justify it you will start to speak out and when you know better you do better and a lot of you need to start knowing better but you'll only know that if you know yourself know thyself that's like one of the motherfucking first rules know your motherfucking self yeah and then start from there so that's the message from the tarot this week as far as i i am consigned as far as i'm consigned that is the tarot for this week i'm really happy about that Anyway, now we're moving to Share Your Magnificence. And like I said, this was um, an interview that I did with the amazing Cameron Garrett. Like, whoo, she's the author of Full Disclosure. It's a, a young adult's novel, a YA novel, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So we're going to cut to that now. Enjoy. So now for my Share Your Magnificence segment, I've got the amazing, absolutely incredible baby girl that is Cameron Garrett. Like, woo. So Cameron has a book called Full Disclosure. 
And if you all know what's good for you, you will take your coins and you will go and buy this book. Like, especially I know that lots of you teachers listen to this podcast. So don't waste my time. Go and get your students into this. Like these are the kind of books that we need in the curriculum where a baby girl is talking the baby things. Yeah, that's what we need. All right. (laughs) So here with me is Cameron. Hey, girl. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Um, you've done such amazing things, such amazing things. And sometimes, you know, like I don't like to start with people's um accomplishments in the mainstream realm because I feel like there are things that you've accomplished that you deem as achievements that probably are more personal things. But I'll just like reel off the first thing that's mentioned about you, which is that you you were a time reporter, teen reporter when you were 13. I was. They have a program um, where young, it's 13 and under mm. and you got to be a kid reporter yeah. and do certain assignments and work with editors and the um, they have a little magazine for children. Yes. So the stories were published in that. And I... Uh, Got to go to the U.S. Open. Wow. I got to go to an advanced screening of Frozen. Wow! It was it was really great. So, so but thirteen. So when I guess no. To be fair, when I was thirteen, I did really enjoy reading. I enjoyed reading. I wasn't so much a writer. So when did you know? Like, boom! I'm a writer. I think when I was little, I used to write additions to movies. What I would. <laughs> See, so there's this movie called The Ven- The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yes. And it's not very good. But <laughs> I saw it when I was five or six. Mm. And I remember that I had a notebook where I added on to the end. Wow. And I kept doing that with other movies. So I think that... And then I wrote in school and my teachers were very encouraging and sort mm. of said, like, you know, you're a great writer. And mm. I think that uh gave me a lot of confidence yeah you're you're an incredible writer thank you if you don't mind me asking how old are you now i'm 19 now how wow wow out here booked and busy at 19 (laughs) years old me and my 33 year old self ask me what i'm doing (laughs) so (laughs) this is amazing it's amazing for you to write with such insight um in full disclosure it's it's beautiful. There's there's a maturity. There's there's nuance. There's there's warmth that you don't find in um, certain other books. And, and I guess maybe that's the importance of a teenager writing for other teenagers because this is a young adult fiction, yes. right? So, um, how I know that w- how you got about doing this was because you said you had a lesson in school talking about HIV. Yes, uh, but they didn't go into it. It was it was really odd. Um, we had sort of an abstinence only um, education, mm. and so we went through different STDs or mm-hmm. sexually transmitted diseases, and it was sort of like these are the symptoms, this is how you get rid of it. And HIV, it was sort of like you can't get rid of it; it'll develop into AIDS, you'll die. Wow! And it was. I didn't, it didn't make sense to me because I knew Magic Johnson was still alive. Exactly. So it didn't really compute, but I also didn't, you know, it was a health class, a required health class. I wasn't thinking that hard about it. So I wasn't, you know, asking, can I have more information? Mm. But I thought about that for a long time. And I think that's one of the influences that inspired me. So uh, what do you think is the importance of um, a teenager writing for other teenagers? I... 
I actually would love to see more of it because mm. I think one of the arguments against it is that your skills aren't up to par, but they're also adults who's oh, <laughs> told the things. <laughs> Tell the people them. Tell them. them <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, like Yeah, talk. I do yeah. Yeah, but I think everyone's first book or first whatever isn't going to be on the same level as someone who's done it for years and years. Mm, mm. And I don't think you should discourage uh young writers because of it i think even if you're not a teenager and you're in your early 20s yes you still are so close yes. to that time that i think there's so much that you understand just small intricacies mm. uh, not even slang i think people talk a lot about the characters sound just like teenagers today and mm. that's really great that people think that but i think just remembering mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how difficult it is to be a teenager yes it's still so fresh when you yes. write it yeah and i think that that's the thing because it gets romanticized and i think that mm -hmm. um i think that we should all tell our own stories i think of um i think this uh, um in terms of black authors generally across the board we should be allowed to tell our own stories and and oftentimes it's that argument that is brought up that oh well you know these other people who are telling your stories in this very myopic very narrow-minded way um let them tell it because they've been telling these stories for years and it's like well no because they're not telling it accurately uh it's not from a place of a personal reference um, yeah. and you have a personal reference point from being a teenager to be able to write something like this and I definitely think that like I said like I'm 33 years old and I read this and it reminded me of being in high school and things like that so I just really felt it on a visceral level um so let's talk more about about the book. So how did um, Simone Garcia Hampton, how did she come to you? Toni Morrison talks about, you know, um, and Octavia Butler, they talk about um, characters visiting them. So how was that experience for you? I love that. Um, she came to me in, it's interesting because I think I knew who she was right away, but it was difficult to put that on the page. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I would be doing revisions and my agent or my editor would say, well, what if she had this horrible experience at her old school? And I'd say, oh, well, she did. Mm. It's just not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, this sounds very, I guess, pretentious, but it does feel like she's someone I know. Mm -hmm. And my mom's probably laughing at me thinking that. <laughs> but I, she does feel like someone I know. And when I was writing her and sort of coming up with her backstory and things she would do, I was trying to think of her as someone I would go to school with. Mm -hmm. And I think that made it a lot easier if she's someone I would like to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I love about her is that um, I love Simone, um, the protagonist of this uh, novel. I love her because she's courageous. I love her because um, she teaches us as the reader about experiences that we might not have firsthand, but in a way that is so beautifully woven into the narrative of the story so it's not preachy it's not like and this is what happens when you have hiv and this is the it was it's so we see the characters the characters are beautiful but i love simone because simone is courageous does simone reflect aspects of your character i definitely think um again i keep mentioning my mom my mom's listening mm -hmm. but the there's a lot of sex positivity and a lot of that mm. comes from me mm which is awkward to talk about. But when I wrote the first draft, I was 16 mm -hmm. and I had so many questions about sex. Mm -hmm. I never really cared before, but I was just very interested in it. Mm. And I think that sort of curiosity and then determination to learn more about it mm -hmm. is really reflected 
in Simone. I wish I said something cooler like how, how um, <laughs> her courage or like her theater skills. But I think that really just the questions about sex and sort of the curiosity and the openness about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think that um, it's great. That's one of the first things because when we first meet Simone, she's on the way to the a gynecologist appointment yes. with one of her dads. Yes. Uh, yes. And um and again it's you're you're introducing us to a family that isn't the traditional nuclear kind of family and there are so many ways that you challenge us as the reader to look outside of I guess the cis um het narrative that we're so used to seeing in so many of the mainstream novels. Um you challenge us in that way and I think that that's what's trans um, tr- yeah, transformation about what you're doing because it means that young people are growing up already with a, a new narrative in terms of the mainstream. But these narratives are there that people have lived these lives yes. for 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 de- centuries. I wouldn't even say decades for centuries, but they just weren't a mainstream narrative. And you're introducing us to that as a general population, and that's why I feel like to me you are courageous because people could have gone and written anything else. <laughs> and that's and that's not what you were doing. So we meet Simone going to her gynecologist appointment with um, one of her dads because she has questions about sex. Now we've seen recently in popular culture somebody else going yes. to go and um, t- but they're taking their daughter. Yes, um, and it's so your it just goes to show how timely, um, how necessary your novel is because. This is somebody that's going. Simone is going off her own volition yeah. to the gynecologist. Um, this man is taking his daughter to prove that she's still a virgin. Yes. And um, um, what disparities or similarities do you see in any of these things? I felt when that happened, I was very angry uh, just mm. because it's just so horrible. But I looked back and I was kind of nervous about that chapter because I was thinking, does this come across as she's being pressured mm. to go? But I went back and looked at it and no, it was, she asked her parents, yes. I want to go yeah. because I have questions and because, you know, I'm exploring this aspect of myself. And mm. even though her parents are sort of overprotective and mm-hmm. are sort of, you know, wait until marriage, yeah, they go with her and they support her, mm. even if they're a little stern and kind of like yeah. parent. And I think, Obviously, no parent is perfect, yes. but I think there's a big difference between that. Yes. And I just knowing that there are girls in a situation where you know their parents are taking them to check their hymen mm. to see if they're still virgins. And some people think that's normal. Mm-hmm. So to have this book and have a different scene where it can be like going to the gynecologist with your dad doesn't have to be weird. Yes. There are boundaries. Yeah this can be a positive thing. It feels more important to me now. Yeah, and it's not from a place, I guess, of ownership as yes. well. It's not, I own your vagina, so I'm going to take you to do this thing. It's like she... I love that scene. I love reading that chapter. You know, the first chapter, just seeing how um, insistent, although, although it was awkward for Simone, she was very much like, oh, no, I want to do this and I want to ask these things. Knowing about um, my status... Um, with HIV, I want to be able to know what I I can and cannot do. And in that chapter alone, this is 
in that chapter alone, I knew that you were a sick writer. I knew that you were a bad girl writer because, <laughs> because, because I learned more from there than I probably learned in any sex ed class in all of my life. Because, you know, explaining, you know, condoms, consider that they have to be latex, consider this, consider that. Like yeah. people aren't out there with this information because everyone's just like, well, the safest thing you can do is just abstain. Yeah, but this person's still a teenager with all of these feelings and and especially when you've got your eyes on someone, it, <laughs> it, it exacerbates those feelings even more. So I just, I, I really think that that's an interesting and very commendable skill to have. But is it something that you're a, you are aware of that you write in this way where you give us the information, but you're giving us this information in um, a narrative that's beautiful? Oh, thank you uh, for calling it beautiful. I definitely went into that chapter and just sort of the book as a whole trying to sneak it Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. so that it wouldn't sound preachy and I wouldn't have just blocks of text where it's like this is the history of HIV Um, and I thought that having scenes with doctors Mm -hmm. would be really great because the doctors and Simone can sort of trade information and this is very familiar to them but not to us Mm -hmm. so I thought that was a great way to show instead of telling Mm -hmm. all this information that is it's, it's amazing and all of you older people at your big big age this is how <laughs> this is how you write a book okay this is how you feed information into a book and um, in into a beautiful narrative that's digestible so go and take note like i said the book is called full disclosure so i'm going to keep reminding you as we have this conversation you need to you need to go and get it and we see simone's growth Yes. in a book as well and we um you know there are a number of things that happen as well that aren't very nice but you know we see her um overcome these things and I don't want to give them too much because they need to go and read it but I want to like I said this is a major achievement but you are the person that created this so I'm more interested in you so we meet the um, her parents and uh one is I feel like a recovering catholic <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> So in terms of your own spiritual beliefs, in terms of how you see yourself, um, how do you reconcile that with your sex positivity? So it's it's very, very interesting because I am not. It's it's complicated. I, <laughs> it's um, I sort of subscribe to the idea that there is a God, but somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. they lost control. because. <laughs> Everything is just a mess. And I feel like God created things or maybe I don't know. And I, I think that's the thing, too, that I explore and I'm not quite sure. And I that's think that's beautiful. OK, because yeah. I'm, you know, but um, I think that and I was having this discussion with other people who are more religious than I am. Mm. I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. Exactly. Um, I think that you can still be Christian or Muslim or Jewish or any sort of religion and still be sex positive, And that doesn't. I was discussing this. Sex positivity doesn't mean that you have sex all the time. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But sex positivity is just sex doesn't have to be a negative thing with all these foul ideas about women yes. attached to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I really wanted to discuss, especially in a book about and for young people. Yes. Because I feel like there are so many ideas attached to sex yeah. and virginity and all of that that really weigh down people especially young women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no and I think that that's super important because one of the bits that really touched me was the fact that um Simone's adopted yes um and 
her parents were aware that they were adopting a HIV positive child. Yes. Exactly. And they did that because of what's happened in their community and they didn't want to ostracize this girl yes. um, because of um, her status. And, and I think that that broke my heart in certain respects because the reality is that we know that a lot of people aren't doing that. I know that there are real life um, accounts of people who do, but it's very rare that people would. And then we look at the idea that, you know, she's been raised by two men. Yes. Right. And the still being vocal about wanting to have sex to two men when in society, like you said, the whole point of sex positivity is that we celebrate um, our bodies. We celebrate, yes. we we are okay. We understand that sex is not a negative thing. It doesn't have to have negative connotations. But more specifically, it's what sex infers about a woman's body that we need to start interrogating and dismantling. And in allowing Simone to be this um, hero in this story, we see that her sex positivity is also part of her courage. And... And that's, to me, you know, that's really, really important. And I guess having your upbringing, when did it start to sink into you that, oh, something isn't quite right here in society? I, oh man, I think high school. Okay. I became very like radical in high school. Um, but I think because I've always read so much, mm -hmm. it wasn't something that I necessarily picked up mm. in day to day. I think it was sort of reading books mm -hmm. and thinking and seeing how women get treated. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, was raised in like Christian church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so hearing certain things about women and women being sort of blamed mm -hmm. more for things yes. really bothered me always because I was always about fairness mm -hmm. and if this person gets this then I should also get this yes so that always bothered me double standards just seeing in my family in community seeing women doing things that men weren't expected to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I think it was a slow build and then in high school reading so much and I started reading bell hooks in high school bop, bop. did you hear that did you hear that bell hooks the the oh oh <laughs> I talk about her often on the podcast. I love, I love her work. I love Bell Hooks' writing. Yeah, like, and I believe that she's one of the feminists that saved my life. One of the black women that saved my life. Like, you, you know, I I discovered Bell Hooks much later than you discovered mm -hmm. her, and I had to really look at how much my life could have benefited earlier on if I had this loving yes. language that she had now provided me with to carry on with the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, what yeah. was, yeah, what was the first book you read by her? Oh my goodness. I read, and I do not remember the title, the one about, she starts talking about um, whiteness and the desire to sort of cannibalize um do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh... To cannibalize the other yes. through sex and love. Um, All about love? I could be wrong. I think that... Oh, no. Uh, is that That's my Angela. No, there's there's one that she has that's very similar in title or narrative. I, I think, think it's... All it's about in... love is hers. It's hers. I think. 
we could just be out here. We, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay because we could literally be out here making things up. But the thing is, I know the one that you're talking about. I just need to think about it in my head. But I remember that um, the premise of that, what happens when you're fetishizing people yes. and what you take from them in fetishizing them and basically denying them of love. Yes. Yeah. But using their bodies, but denying them of love, which is what people are usually exchanging their bodies for. Exactly. The thing about Bell Hooks is that I would read the stuff she wrote and think, I've always thought this, Mm. just I never knew how to articulate it. Mm -hmm. And so I'd sit taking notes and underlining things Mm -hmm. because I just felt that she looked in my brain Mm -hmm. and very articulately said the stuff that I was thinking or... Mm -hmm maybe not thinking and gave it validation Mm -hmm. by saying it and backing it up. And (laughs) I just, I think Bell Hooks is great. And yeah, yeah. I love her. I I love Bell Hooks and I'm so glad that you mentioned her because like I said, I really believe that she saved my life. One of my favorite books that I've read out on the podcast before, um, excerpts from communion, the female search for love. And what I learned about female relationships you know, growing up with their mothers, sisters, aunts, grandmas, and the things that the shame that's given to us that's not our own yes. around sex and around our bodies that then later on we have to try and shed ourselves of. But that takes a lot to a, do. A lot of energy and a lot of time. Yes. Yeah. No, so I, I really, really appreciate the work that you do. You were mentioned as one of the, I have to get it right, the um, MTV's inspiring teens using social media to change the world. Yes, that is a big title, <laughs> a big title, because um, would you consider yourself Gen Z? I think I am. Gen yes. Z. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I feel like Gen Z are really out here doing bits like and educating the masses. What does that title feel like for you to carry? I that honestly validated me. I think that was 2015 or 2016. Whoa. And I was still in high school. Yeah. So it felt very validating just because I spend so much time on social media, <laughs> I could you show my mom and be like, this time I spend on Twitter is important. Yeah. But also, I think along my journey to get here, I've had things happen or been acknowledged in certain ways that really bolstered me mm-hmm. and made me feel that my voice is important. Mm. I'm good enough to write this. I'm good enough to expect that this could be published. And mm-hmm. that was one of those things. I think it's it's absolutely incredible because as somebody who's an avid social media user myself and people saying oh my god you've helped me with this community again for me knowing that is my proof to my mum as well to be like well look see (laughs) all the time I'm spending on there all them tweets I'm firing out is making a difference leave me alone so you are you really are out here making a difference and I think that this is definitely a book to be added to the curriculum um definitely in Britain because I don't think that we have that conversation enough um we definitely don't talk about blackness enough and we don't talk Mm. about um just different identities within blackness enough and you provide us with um, a reference point which I really I really, really love. I wanted to go back to what you said about, you know, believing that there is a God, but, you know, somehow some <laughs> things just got out of control. Um, do you think that you'd explore that in book form? That would be so interesting. I love writing, uh, using writing as a way to explore things mm-hmm. that bother me. So in this book, Simone sort of struggles with sexuality and mm-hmm. wondering how she identifies. And that was a really personal thing that I put in the book. Mm-hmm. I think that 
I would love to write something about a girl who's very religious and then sort of has a crisis of faith. Yes. That would be great because I think, I don't know how it is here, but I know back home, I think that specifically in the black community, Mm -hmm. faith and Christianity are so important. Mm -hmm. And even now that I'm not, you know, I used to go to church all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't really do that anymore, but I still... In moments of doubt, I still pray. Mm-hmm. I still reach out for that connection. I still like listening to like Kirk Franklin. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure how much of that is cultural mm-hmm. or how much of it is spiritual. But I, I don't. It, it's very complicated. But I do think it's worth exploring. Yeah, and I think that the fact that you're even looking into it now is just incredible. It, it really. I keep using the word because you're just out here being, ah, oh, it's, it, it, I love it. I love it so much. The moment that I knew about you, I was just like, I want to meet this person. I want to meet them because they're actually incredible. Like you are amazing. And I just wish that I'd had a writer like you when I was growing up in high school, I could have picked this book up and been like, boom. I, I, I think that what this allows is for slurs and transphobia, Um, you know, homophobia just so many phobias to be addressed that would keep so many more people within the lgbtq plus community alive if more Mm. books like this existed within the young adult fiction um kind of sphere you know and that's what and that's what you provide and i would love to read a book about a girl who's having sort of like a crisis um, with her faith because I went to a Catholic school mm. uh, and that was very very interesting I think it was during Catholic school that I started to question the God that I was being presented with yes. and then I had to do my um, research because obviously in school they teach us about like Henry VIII they teach us about all of these other things yeah. and the Tudors and and Egyptian pyramids but when it came to talking about the transatlantic slave trade mm. they, that was <laughs> like we we moved past that one on a quick vibe so I had to go <laughs> so I had to go and like educate myself yes. right and through educating myself I started to question certain things I was like this brand of Christianity that was brought yes. to West Africa because we know that Christianity predates uh, the slave trade you yes. know that within in, in Africa but the specific brand of Christianity that was brought there I believe was intended to um subjugate us and to sure. make us um and to take us you know a- across and this is how the diaspora was created um and i think with that we've kind of kept the stranglehold of certain belief systems within that brand of christianity that we used to subjugate ourselves especially mm. as black women for sure and, I, and yeah. se- sexuality is a big part of that i um I know so much about slavery just because I get angry and then I just like, <laughs> I just say it randomly. Yeah. Um, but I just, one of the reasons why I sort of first started to break with Christianity was because I started to learn that the Bible was used yes. to subjugate people yeah. and keep them in bondage. And they would read Bible verses and say, this means that you're meant to be a slave. Yes. And it these, Christianity was forced upon so many people. So I'm thinking, is this really what my ancestors wanted yes uh it's really difficult but i definitely still see it now not so much in you're supposed to be a slave but Mm. just this is the place that women are supposed to be in yes you can't move you can't do anything else this is the way it's supposed to be i see that in women and in men Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who sort of reinforce that idea and it's really frustrating because 
there's this book called Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she talks about this, how she's a Christian, but she rejects a lot of the sexism in the church Mm -hmm. and feels that it's used to subjugate black women. And I think you can be a believer in God and in Christ and not adhere to a lot of the sexism and misogyny that's tacked on. Yes. And and I and I think that that's always a personal journey. I know that there are many listeners to this show who um are um who have you know who still subscribe to the kind of Abrahamic um, religions, mm-hmm. and you know they question, well, okay, how does my feminism, how does my, you know, my personal politics, how does it fit with this? How can I reconcile it? And I often use tarot. So at the beginning of this um episode, I would have probably done a tarot reading as mm-hmm. well because. You know, tarot is how I reconciled what I was learning, what I've learned within Christianity um, and mixing it with the esoteric in the way to kind of emancipate myself from a lot of the ideologies that have been forced upon me. Like, why should there be shame um, for the female body when we interact in, with, in and we have sexual intercourse, but that same shame isn't given to, to men? To men. Why? You know, yes. so are we saying that then sex is done to women? It's not for us to enjoy. It's yes. done to us. And the moment we admit to enjoying it, then then there's this whole narrative of the whore yes. um, narrative that um, comes in. There was this movie by Spike Lee mm-hmm. called Chirac. And yeah, I yeah. feel odd speaking about this because Spike Lee teaches at my school. <laughs> really? Um, oh, yeah, too. He does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, so one of the issues that I had with that concept, so the concept is... In order to stop violence in Chicago, women stop having sex with men. Yeah. I sort of hate that concept because it's like sex is something women give up yes. to men. They give to men to to keep the relationship going, I guess. Yeah. And not something that they partake in because they enjoy it. Right. I don't like the idea of it being this thing you give up or you give away. Mm-hmm. Because then you, you're withholding it because what if you also want to have sex? Right. Like, how does that impact you? I don't I feel like we have this idea that sex is a tangible thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not like a currency yes yes that's 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 what it comes across as and and when you give it away you have less than what you had before yes. so that's why people say oh well a, a woman can't sleep with too many men because you know this happens and that happens but never nobody ever says that men can sleep with too many women it's unlimited <laughs> what can happen there it's a free-for-all so I I can see a lot of these themes coming through in your writing and I'm so excited for whatever you have coming up next. I noticed that Angie Thomas, who wrote The Hate You Give, (laughs) she's one of the people who say wonderful things about this novel. So I wanted to kind of talk to you about anger. Okay. Because you've mentioned that. You mentioned being angry, knowing about what's happened during slavery. Was there a part of you that you had to use anger and transmute it into creating what you've created here? I think anger can be really helpful. I Before I wrote this book, I used to write essays and think pieces, Mm -hmm. and I'd write about whatever made me angry. Mm -hmm. And I think that follows through here because a lot of aspects, not necessarily about the story, Mm -hmm. but about the topics make me angry. So I'd learn more about HIV and the AIDS crisis in the United States Mm -hmm. and how that impacted mostly gay and black people. And I would get angry. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to write about it. And I think about the way women are treated when they basically take ownership of their sexuality. And that made me angry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think 
sort of and then writing these daunting scenes. There's a scene where they go to a sex store yes. and they're <laughs> running around. And it's I love that scene mm-hmm. and it was fun to write, but I think being brave enough to put that in mm-hmm. stemmed from anger that I felt at the idea that girls don't want sex. And some girls don't want sex, but I feel like there's this idea that boys want sex, mm-hmm. girls give it to them, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. And not that girls are interested in sex or want to have sex. or that. And one of the things that came to me when I was talking to my agent and my editor is that I feel that there are always scenes in books and in movies mm-hmm. or lines referencing boys um, masturbating. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very normal thing. Yeah. And not necessarily with girls. Yeah. To the point where I didn't know that girls, girls masturbated. masturbated. Yeah. Because I heard all these different references about boys and I assumed that was just something they did yeah and I felt that does a real disservice to girls who are interested in sex Mm. who don't know yes yes it really bothers me no I I I think that you've used your anger in such a an amazingly creative way and I'm all for using anger and taking it because it's an energy mm-hmm. that's what I believe that anger is it's an energy that you can use for good or you can use for bad it's up to you what you actually do with that anger and with yours you've um, enlightened a lot of us about um, societal things that we wouldn't otherwise be aware of um, in a very like I said in a very incredible way in an amazing way and I'm really looking forward to my listeners like reading this as well because you're you're giving us more. So I know that currently you're at school in what uh New York City? Yes. Yes. How's that going? It's it's going pretty well. I <laughs> I just <laughs> I think it's funny because I had a class last night and my professor wasn't aware that I was here. <laughs> so he he was um saying, Well Cameron will present next week and my friend says, Well Cameron is in London. Aww. So <laughs> but um I actually really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of being immersed in two different creative fields. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like the challenge. It's So it feels familiar because it's creative. Yes. But it's a challenge because there's different aspects of film, especially technical. Yes. I'm so bad at cameras and lights <laughs> and editing. But I really, really enjoy that aspect. Yeah. So for listeners, like Cameron's studying film. At yes. the moment, at the Tisch School? Yes, yeah. at um, New York University. We are number two film school, in I the... think, in the United States. Wow. Who's uh, the... USC, okay. University of Southern California. Okay. Yes. Well, we don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> so, we East Coast, East them. Coast. So, <laughs> so no, I think that um, I- I'm just so looking forward to the films that you're going to put out there. If this is what you are writing, when those films come, I can't wait. If this becomes a film, you better be the one that's like making it. (laughs) I am just so excited about the, the, just the prospect of telling so many stories about black women in different mediums. It just makes me so happy and so excited for the future Mm. and for everything that I will create. Yes, I'm so excited for everything that you create. As an actor, as a director, I watched this. I, I watched your story. I watched Simone um, Simone's story in my head. So I can't mm. wait to see 
you know, what it could look like if it ever became something that we could watch on screen um, and just whatever you decide to make in the future. Like this is a good reference point that it's going to be sick. It's going to be big in the game and I can't wait for it. So on an ending note, I just wanted to ask you (laughs) (laughs) to share your magnificence. Like who do you, who do you want to big up? Who do you see that you're like, you know what? This person's absolutely amazing. Can I say my mother? Yes, of course. I love my mother. I, We've been through a bit of a hard time because my father passed away so in August. Thank yeah. you. I didn't mean to bring down the mood. No, but no, no. She's, um, she just does so much. Yeah. And I sort of, there is a tweet going around and it was basically saying, shout out to the moms who, you know, they say they don't have enough. They say they can't do it and they make it happen anyway. Wow. And I, that's my mom because she just makes things happen out of nothing and I know wow. I can sort of ask her for anything yes. not to not to talk about sex <laughs> she <laughs> she um sent me this text and she was like I'm very I'm not sure how I feel about the sex <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know I I just think she's amazing and I'm in awe of how she continues to survive and get yeah. through the day every day no from the brief um, chat that I've had with your mum she she's magical you know she's she's, she's magical great. her energy is beautiful she's she's gorgeous but <laughs> all of your family's freaking gorgeous when you all rolled up I was like come and see the supremes I think she's just like a beautiful person she's the, to- the sort of type um she goes up to people and she says you know I think you look beautiful oh. and it used to embarrass me I was like, it's so weird. <laughs> We'd be in the mall and she'd be like, I'm sorry, I have to stop you. Like, you just look so beautiful. Wow. And, you know, it's kind of creepy. But, but she would no. she would say if people look nice, yeah. they deserve to be told. Exactly. And I just, there are so many things. I think my mom is just the best. But that's a great example to set. Like, women going up to other women exactly. and saying, like, you know, you look great. And because we don't we are aware of the societal pressures that women feel generally. And so even if someone, you see someone and you think, oh, they look great, they might not feel great. Exactly. And so to just hear that and to have that affirmed by another woman, it means the world. Like every time that I've been told that by another woman, it means more to me than any guy could ever. (laughs) Whenever guys say, I'm like, if I get my pepper spray, you better back up. (laughs) I, I just, and I think, my mom's not as like political as me, but I think she's sort of my first example of feminism exactly. and womanism. Yes. Um, just because she and she's I think she's more religious than me, but just the conversations we've had yes. and the example she's set and the support she's put behind me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, I talk about this and I've said this on, on the show before. Like, I feel like black women were doing feminism before they were ever calling it feminism. Yes, yes. Like when we look at the, um, m- m- the like matriarchs and things like that in our, historically, mm-hmm. like black women have been like the absolute um, center point for keeping everything else in orbit in our lives and in, in our yeah. communities. Um, recently, for instance, I had my Instagram account deleted because I called out somebody who was moving wild and 
it only got reinstated because black women were like, mm-hmm. you see what you're not going to do. <laughs> is take down that yes. account and it's, so black women have been mobilizing and and it's because black women have been mobilizing that when things happen politically like certain people are voted into you know um houses and things like that it's then people turn around to black women and go oh what, what do are we you do? gonna yeah, do what are you gonna yeah. do can you fix this oh black women come and save us all no <laughs> no <laughs> no and i think there's this idea too that black women cannot be fragile cannot be vulnerable at all you have to be strong you have to be right. sort of carrying people on your back right which i don't appreciate See, neither do i all. and i and i try to stay away from calling um black women strong now just because i do believe that the that there is um we are strong but the strength that people infer upon us is an unfeeling strong it's the kind of strong mm. that i guess like um a slave master almost would be like oh this one's strong she can handle being on the field or she can do this and she could do that no we don't want that strong we want the strong that allows for us to be vulnerable that allows for us to be joyful yes and you know and to have you know that feeling to have that sisterhood true sisterhood so i totally agree with you like the examples that I've seen of feminism, I saw long before someone yes. ever gave me a name for it. And and I saw it done well. Yes. And I don't necessarily think that currently I see it done well in certain regards. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at, to those people who are doing their feminisms around kitchen tables. Exactly. Right. Those matter. Yeah. Even, um, not to, I'm sorry, but um, I went to a conference. It was my first conference last week. Mm-hmm. And I was just lifted up by black women. Mm-hmm. Just um angie thomas was there and other black writers like luke stone who made sure that i was okay good and gave me advice and made sure that i was taken care of and even you know i was walking around and black women kept coming up to me so black women would say i know your book i know you from online or even if they didn't know me they'd say i i want tell me about your book yeah uh, for my daughter and just to have that Mm. I think is so impactful. Yes. Just, I just love black women. <laughs> same, same. I love black women so much. I love you. You're like the most, that is pretty much mostly them that listen to this show. So big up yes. yourselves. Two slaps <laughs> on your chest. No, thank you so much, Cameron, for being thank here you. today. So if people want to holler at you and um, see the greatness that you're doing on social media, where can they find you? I'm at Dancing of Pens on Twitter. And that's mainly where I am. Uh, same. <laughs> that's where I am. Um, I have a website. It's just my name, dot com. And but I'm mainly on Twitter. On Twitter, thank you so much. So that's been my share your magnificence for this week, the amazing Cameron Garrett. So two slaps on your chest for being an absolute baby girl. Thank you for speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't that a gorgeous interview? Like everyone, big up. Nah, nah. Everyone, deep my interview skills, please. Like deep the ting. Like I'm a bad boy interviewer, and this is why I was just like, you know, when I saw uh, Chadwick Boseman, like I said, when I went to go and watch that screening of Twenty One Bridges, I was thinking to myself, like, why am I not invited to come and do all of these interviews? Because I'll be, I'll be really lambasting them with the real questions. I, well, as long as their their PR would let them and um, you know, answer it. But um, yeah, I love talking to Cameron. Like nineteen years old, can you believe it? Nineteen years old and she's absolutely wonderful and her book full disclosure is brilliant um i wouldn't gas up the thing if i didn't believe it like her book is is genuinely wonderful so like i said if you're a teacher or somebody that works with young people please get them into something like this and even you yourself at your big big age please go and read it because she really 
interweaves um you know facts statistics about hiv and things like that she weaves it in beautifully into the narrative while giving us robust characters as well so yeah do please check it out Whew. anyway that was all nice and positive and like yes let's move on then to the shit pile that is so you mad so you mad this week i have to start with prince andrew for those who live in other parts of the world prince andrew is um one of our monarchs over here in um Igilandi. um and before Jeffrey Epstein or Epstein died, he mentioned. Um, well, it's it's known that him and Prince, uh, he and Prince Andrew were really good friends. And obviously, this um, woman has come forward to say. Well, she's been saying for a while, and I mentioned it in one of the previous episodes that um, Prince Andrew was one of the people allegedly who you know had sex with her underage and basically well you know raped her as far as i'm concerned numerous times in uh, on many many occasions so um yeah it's it's just really unnerving to me when i consider the whole thing i'm just like how did we get here the reason i'm talking about him is because he had an interview with the bbc um to talk about you know, these accusations, as they call them. And Virginia Roberts is the woman who said that he had sex with her. He Well, he denies having sex with her when she was 17 years old. Okay, so he's being asked, right, by the interviewer, like, Ra, my guy, did you do any of these things? Obviously, we've got a picture of him holding on to this girl's waist. Well, at the time she was a girl, um, Prince Andrew's holding on to um, Virginia's waist. He's clearly, clearly in the photo. Like, it looks like they've been chilling, chilling for ages. So he's asked about this and he says, oh, well, I have no recollection of this happening. I have no recollection of meeting her. What do you mean? Like, you don't have any recollection of meeting her, like you're in the picture with her, like, look at the picture, we're showing you the picture in your Kurokuro eyes, and you're saying that you have no recollection of any of this, and obviously, the reason that they've done that is that they're trying to be very, very careful with words, and they, and it's like a case of plausible deniability, but I just think it's so underhanded and nasty, when you consider the fact that Jeffrey Epstein um, is now dead, I'm not going to say that he killed himself, because only a mumu, only a mugun would believe such a thing, that he did not, that nasty, vile man did not kill himself, somebody really took him out, that's what I believe, they really had to take him out of the game, because he would have baited up too many people, baited up too many lives, um, most especially the life of this one that's talking now that he has no recollection of anything and now that he can't um offer a rebuttal to anything that you're saying is now when you want to come and do tv interview and i just wonder why these sexual predators always want to do interviews to to to, to really bait themselves up it must be the truth in them trying to come out because obviously today's theme is you know truth like that feather you know um it's the same with R. Kelly when um, Gail King interviewed him and he was just talking anyhow and baiting up his own life. And it's just like, fam, it's so clear right now that you're a sexual predator. Like, what are you talking about? So for me, when seeing this interview with Prince Andrew, I'm just like, um, rah, like, do you not know how you're really doing Higgy Hagar and really confirming whatever it is that we thought about you? Oh, so... 
what the the wildest thing because i'm still trying to get my head around it the wildest thing is that in one of the statements virginia roberts says something along the lines of like um prince andrew like sweated over her um at some kind of party or whatever and that's how she knows this and she knows that and then this happened afterwards and rare 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 tear tear Prince Andrew is being interviewed and he says, well, the reason I know that to not be true is because around that time that she's mentioning, I, um, I didn't actually sweat. I, I, I was unable, I was um, unable, I was unable, I was incapable of sweating because when I fought during, I think he said the Gulf War or something, um, I got shot at and then somehow my sweat glands refused to work from there and only recently started working. I didn't know that somebody could lie to such an extent. I didn't know that lying, you know what? He's Prince of Liars, not even Prince Andrew, not even Prince of whatever, Prince of whatever. He is Prince of Liars because how can, how can you just deny your, your, your glands? You just deny your glands like that and be like, nope, sorry. I have no recollection of that because I wasn't sweating at the time. I didn't sweat at the time. What kind of answer is that to anything? It really blows my mind because I feel like the world is so absurd right now from Trump to to this royal family. Everything is so absurd right now and I really don't understand what is happening. It feels like a really, really bad joke. Like, how can somebody be saying to you, like, this is the, the, the victim's account and you go, hmm, interesting. Well, you know, that can't be true because I wasn't sweating from about, you know 1999 till about 2005 you're a liar you are an actual like you're an actual liar but you know people I guess are going to go along with it I know that his PR person um resigned after he um Prince Andrew insisted on doing this interview so he didn't resign when like he was hanging around with a a child molester, um, as in Epstein, it's now that you want to resign. Some of you have no sense and you think like you're proper doing one big, big thing by like when you decide to resign, same as R. Kelly's guy that was he let go or no, I think he wasn't. They, they asked him to resign again. I don't know. All of these people that really resigning, forced to resign, whatever. The fact is that you man jump ship when shit gets really, really bad. Um, and it's like, why didn't you, why did you get on the ship in the first place is what I'm asking. Not like Kanye, that fool that's talking about slaves shouldn't have gotten on the ship or whatever. But I'm just talking about like in this situation, how did you get on the bandwagon? And at, at any point, like at every point it was deplorable. So I really don't understand what you're doing. But the truth will come out eventually. I'm I'm a believer that sooner or later, soon and very soon, eh, we're going to hear the thing. Well, it's not sooner. That's not actually the lyrics, but I just something spoke to me and I changed it. You know, I was it was a moment of inspiration. But soon and very soon, we're going to see the king, and the king is the, the king of truth. So watch. You know, all of you man, continue moving mad in it because it's going to catch up with you. And when it does, don't cry, don't beg. It's all over, Jackie. Right. My next um, so you mad is Tamar Braxton because again, cis het women insist on moving mad they insist on just saying the wildest things and thinking that it will be okay so tamar braxton um one of the well you know tony braxton's sister one of the braxton sisters she posted on her i think it was um, on her instagram page she said the truth is ladies and this is not the truth see what i'm talking to you see what i'm saying about 
the truths that people um, convince themselves of because they haven't sat down with themselves uh, alone to, to interrogate who they truly are inside, who they really, really are. Tamar said, the truth is, ladies, that these dudes out here really do be gay. It ain't enough money, beauty, hair, babies in the world to keep them. They want dick period. It's nothing wrong with you, but they will find every reason in the world to make you not good enough. If he lays with you for, if he lays with you for three, four, 10 days and he don't touch you, it's not you. He want a man that's on my mama. I don't know what her mama did to deserve being brought into the situation like that. Don't, don't swear on your mom like that, please. Don't swear on your mum like that with with that flagrant um, inaccuracy. Why don't um, cishet women, why don't they understand that um, men aren't machines? I guess I understand that it's patriarchy that's brought us to this point where men have been objectified and they've objectified themselves to the point that they believe that they're just sexual objects. But it shouldn't be that way. If a man lays with you for three, four, ten days, as you put it, Tamar, maybe he just doesn't want to have sex. Like, do you ever consider that like men have other things going on in their lives other than just like being these kind of rabid um, sexual deviants? Like, it's just unfair like, that you'd want to invite this oppression into your own life. And then do you think that sex is the only form of intimacy also like if somebody doesn't want to have sex with you but they maybe want to just like hold you and talk to you about their innermost feelings I think that that's more valuable at that specific time than sexual contact and is that what all you want to like reduce yourself to you just want to reduce yourself to being this um receptacle of cum I guess like you don't even want to consider that you know this person wants to exist with you outside of just having sex and why is it that you have to jump to well if they're not having sex with me they must be gay there are so many other things that could be the reason for that before getting all the way to gay and if they are gay so and what's your own business and if like if they are gay, they still chose to be with you, right? So there would still be sexual attraction to you. That like None of it makes sense, but these are the kind of damaging things that um, cishet women love to say. And also, also all it does is endanger actual gay people because it's like it's the worst thing in the world to be. I just don't know. It's, it's really rude and it's really unnecessary and it's just unfair. Like, you're, you, it doesn't make sense. Your head is cold from you not having your hair on your head maybe i don't know i think she's in fact deleted the post since i don't know because I, I couldn't see it on her page when i ended up looking recently but it's just absolutely wild to me like put on a hat and warm up your your thinking warm up your scalp because i don't understand how you could get yourself to that point that you think that that's a valid thing to to say anywhere and isn't she the one that's dating the nigerian guy when people were telling you that oh girl <laughs> shine your eye or shine your eye well well you didn't shine your eye and now you want to complain and you now want to be blaming gay people and saying oh he must be gay no 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 this these are the games these are the games the game is the game baby girl like you know stay up stay up with the thing stay, stay you know stay, keep with the times but 
sharing your insecurity online like that is one thing but then sharing the insecurity and then telling other women like oh yeah the reason that your man if he hasn't touched you in this long um is is, you know the reason is because he's gay and all of them be gay they just want dick period no no maybe they just don't want you have you considered you seem rather insufferable so maybe that's what it is rather than taking it all the way to somebody's gay because they don't want to touch you like allow for men to have space to to feel their things and maybe you know have you considered maybe he's sleeping with another woman you know you jumped all the way to men because he hasn't touched you in a few days you don't even consider maybe there are other women i don't know it's just it's just a massive leap that oh if a man doesn't want sex, he must be gay. If he doesn't want sex from a woman, he must be gay. Or maybe he just doesn't want sex and maybe he just doesn't want sex from you. Like there are there are many, many options, but leave gay people alone is what I'm really trying to say at the end of the day. So that's that. Um, you know, we had to do it. Let's get into straw of the week we're getting close to straw of the decade i mean 2019 is about to finish we're going to go into uh, 2020 so please start considering who your straw of the decade is who your straw of the year is in fact maybe you don't have one for the decade but you have one for the year do consider and do send me the letters to sym that's sierra yankee mike Mike is my late father's name. Big up yourself, Michael. Anyway, S-Y-M at KelechiOkafor.com. That's S-Y-M at KelechiOkafor.com. Send me your straws of the year, your straws of the decade. I want to read them all and possibly share them on the show. So my straw of the week goes out to um, all the women um, predominantly white women who keep tagging me in shit because they are vex. When I tell you they are vex, <laughs> they are vex that my page is back. My Instagram page is back, bitch. The Instagram page is back. It's verified. It's blue with a tick. Yes, I am Lazarus of the Instagram world. I rose from the dead when you tried to kill me, bitch. And I am here. I am here. And I'm stunting. Uh, catch the left side. Uh, catch the right side. Oh, profile, front. How do you feel about that? Look at me from all angles, shining, gleaming, moisturized, baby girl, back on these Instagram streets. How, how does it feel when you're unwashed and cold inside? Yes, I'm back. And the girls are angry. You know, they're they're upset because they really thought they did bits by reporting my page and for, for bullying and harassment. But Instagram, obviously, from having the pressure of everyone's foot on their necks, reinstated my page and reinstated it with a verified badge. And so these women have taken to tagging me in conversations that they're having in their Instagram comments across the, you know, platform and some of them even on Twitter, like, oh, um, you know, I just, you know, I just feel that there's just a mob mentality going on at the moment. And it definitely feels like sticking the knife in. Some of the comments that Kolechnikov made were disgusting. What was disgusting about me saying that homegirl needs to lose her nursing pin, uh, her midwifery pin? What was disgusting about that? Oh, Kolech, she said, Kolechnikov said that she wants to punch her teeth out. You're a liar. You're a liar and you're a vagabond and you're a thief, you fucking pussy clerk. That was never said. That was absolutely never 
never said you inferred that by what you read. I know what I wrote because I still have the post and it read, this is why I don't post Lev on social media. And, you know, this person has more, um, this person has more grace than I would have, because if I'd seen all of this nonsense about my family, I would have have found you and knocked your teeth out. That I said, it was a proverbial you. I did not use anybody's name, but you guys have run. it's, It's the mathematics that you can't do to bend over and wash your foot bottom that you can do to infer something that I did not explicitly say. You know what that's called? It's called libel. It's called defamation. Behave yourself. Behave yourself. You know, oh, you know, I didn't actually see the post myself, but I heard that she said she was going to knock such and such his teeth out. Shut up. Shut up, you crusty pussy hose. Shut up and stop lying. That's not the reason that you're vexed because you think that I said I was going to box anyone's teeth out. That's not the reason that you're vexed. The reason that you're vexed is because you thought that you got rid of my page and my page my page is back bitch now what that's the true reason that you're vexed you're vexed because you thought you could silence me and i came up here with the vibrato like ah, i came to come and give you that falsetto bitch that is what you're truly truly upset about and that is why you can go and suck your mother suck the mother that let you ever believe that black women deserve to be silent when you are around that black women deserve to lie down on your on the floor so you can come and step on our backs to raise yourself higher to elevate yourself yeah suck the mother that made you believe that anything that we say about our truth when we speak our truth is a discomfort to you suck the mother that ever let you believe that you were more valuable your comfort was more valuable than my life that your comfort was more valuable than my truth suck the mother that ever let you believe that that is what you should remember because all of you coming falling over yourselves to be like oh I just want to give a balanced perspective on what happened. I think we should have a balanced perspective on what happened. This feels like a mob mentality. Funny that you're using the words like mob mentality in this situation when you know that predominantly the people that got my page reinstated were black people. That is what is truly vexing you right now. So that's why you're using words like mob, right? So instantly it becomes racialized. That's soon, soon we'll now move on to thug. All, all these words, because you're slowly trying to position in your psyche this person that was con, 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 ugh, that was giving us all the words have even gone out of my mouth that was perpetrating um, and out here in these streets trolling black women you're trying to position this person as the actual victim and everybody else no no they're not the victims they're the aggressors. And you will make yourself believe that, oh, what she said was disgusting. There was nothing disgusting about what I said. But you know what was disgusting? What's disgusting is that you can see that someone has done something so vile and racist, yet in your mind, you still have to find a way to rationalize it because you have to align yourself all the time with your own whiteness. Like your whiteness takes precedence and everything else that we do, like our lived experiences as black women, our actual lives as black women matters very little to you. But you'll turn around and go, as a white woman, I know that I can't say what is and isn't racist, but I just think that, no, 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 the way, the moment you say, but I just think that, that means you've negated what you said before, that you know that as a white woman, you cannot say what is and isn't racist. It's not for you to call, yeah? Sit back, eat your toast and let us do the talking and tell us how tell you how we truly feel about these things so to see someone on twitter in the name of oh i just want to write a balanced piece about what happened because this mob has come for this woman and it's like they're sticking the knife in it's not fair no there are consequences what some of you white women aren't taught is that there are consequences to your actions not just white women white people across the board your the way that you've been positioned the privilege that you've been afforded in society lets you think that there aren't consequences to the things that you do and the violences that you inflict i'm here 
here to tell you, bitch, that there are consequences. And if that means that you lose where you work, then so be it. If that means that your followers drop down by, I don't know, 10, 20K, so be it. These are the things that happen when you decide to move mad. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, yeah? I am me, Kelechi Olufumlayo Kafo, I am that equal and op- I am that equal and opposite reaction. It is me. Hello. Hi. How do you do? Yeah? Don't play out here. Don't play out here because I will always ride for my people, them. And to be anti-racist does not mean to be, well, actually, you know what? I have to still consider it. But let's say for now to be anti-racist isn't to be anti-white. But then we've got to also consider that whiteness is a construct within itself. And it was only created to serve the sole function of oppression. So maybe being anti-racist does mean being anti-white because whiteness as of itself, as a construct, it's problematic. Very, very much so. That doesn't mean I'm talking to you as, you know, a white person, as a human. I'm talking about the things that are afforded to you within this mechanism that is race. Yeah, that is what I'm truly talking about. So, yeah, it just vexes me. And I had to like pattern one woman up on Twitter when she was putting out all of these things like, oh, I just want to write a balanced blog post about what's truly happened. And um, it's funny, the mental gymnastics that people will do because it's a mob that allegedly um, attacked um, our blogger demon. But it isn't a mob that reported me and then the basis for that was oh well we didn't see how many people truly reported her so how do we really know oh oh so someone can just casually have close to 700k followers and they don't have a mob that will go out and do things for them even though we know that that mob has done things for them in the past shut up man shut up and just say you know what i don't give a shit at what black about what black women are going through and i actually i feel a bit pissed off that black women have the cheek to start speaking up and speaking to us um in this way black women should only be there to show us gratitude for not killing them all say it with your chest say that rather than trying to act like you actually care about having one kind of balanced narrative when already the the moment that you even think that there is a balanced narrative in all of this lets me know that you are on the side of the victim because you should already know that there is a gross imbalance in the favor of said person and anything that we do will never actually balance any of this out as black people it won't you know we can only take our wins where we can find them so keep my name out of your pussy clark mouth yeah you lost this round you've lost this battle and let me tell you from now that you've already lost the war i and my girl them we remain victorious if you decide that you want to move mad you'll always be on the losing side let me just let you know from now you'll always be on the losing side i will speak up for what i believe in i will always tell my truth and it's in that truth that i find power And that will always be the way that will always be how all of this goes, regardless of whether you like it or not. It's really, really that simple. But I just wanted to also take this time, um, apart from telling these dickheads to suck their mother, to say like big up to people like Clara Ampho, Kevin Morosky, Daniela Dash, um, Shayi, like, oh, um, just so many people. I know I mentioned some people last week, but um, you know, all of the people on Instagram that were writing for me, that were reporting the thing to get my page back. I truly, truly appreciate all of you people Like, continue to do good work. And most especially, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm always a bit strict um, and boundaried with um, 
the white women that listen to this show don't ever get it twisted i do i do appreciate that you every week you tune in and you listen to what i have to say i can't imagine that it's very comfortable i know that but big up yourself for showing up week after week week after week and never trying to center yourself in the narrative just sitting there and hearing what i have to say about as a black woman about my lived experiences in britain and just existing in this world big up yourself because you're doing the work that needs to be done i'm not necessarily going to say to you now go out there and go and deal with your people then because I know that even that is stressful within itself but big up yourself for remaining consistent and big up yourself for trying to sit there and work out what your truth is who you are when nobody's around yeah you are doing the you are doing the real work all the other ones that are pretending we don't have time for them but we see you and we appreciate you so all of you white women that really use your privilege to 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 speak out um you're appreciated you are appreciated are appreciated but anyway that doesn't take away from the fact that i'm telling these particular white women who want to keep crying about the whole thing to suck their mums. like i said you lost this one and so go, go and console yourself with the juices from your mother's vagina yeah you'll never take me down you can hate me now what what but i won't stop now hey hey you can hate me now yeah Ooh, guess who's back uh uh back again Ooh, ooh, Casey's back. Hey, hey, tell your friend. Whoa, yeah, get it. <laughs> oh, anyway, that is it for this week's episode of SYM. I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. I look forward to reading your letters. Yeah, send them to me on SYM at kalechiokafor.com. Tweet at me at Kalechnikov, um, or you can find me on Instagram if they haven't shadow banned me at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. Remember to keep hashtagging the ting. Remember to keep liking, rating, and reviewing the podcast. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.